The galaxy is burning. Brother fights brother, and treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Horus Heresy. Whether you're a warrior of the Legionis Astartes, an adept of the Mechanicum, or a mortal in a galaxy of madness, you'll find your place here. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, broadcasting deep within the bowels of the Vengeful Spirit. Welcome everybody to a uh, episode of the Remembrancer's Retreat, specifically the Heresy Grad School. Or at least this will either be a mini-sode or it'll be a fun section. And we're going to be covering uh, the Corona's Deep. Uh, Jason, you want to start us off? Uh, absolutely. All right, guys. Coronid Deeps here, a.k.a. Corona's Stool. Uh, they're sort of a big deal in the history of the heresy, but uh, like a lot of other engagements we cover here at Heresy Grad School, they kind of get overlooked a little bit. But uh, this is something we're going to pull you back uh, to get a full multi-episode coverage on uh sort of like uh sort of like we did with tooth and claw starting out so the cornered deeps are pretty important so far as it goes uh because this is sort of where after istvan 3 after istvan 5 it's really the heresy itself is sinking in and it's shown horus that this isn't going to be a fast war that's going to be over in a blink can't just uh slide in like a knife through silk and destroy terra and take everything over he's going to have to dig in and he's going to have to acquire the resources of an entire galaxy to do that now uh people uh, i'm pretty uh well known for thinking dorn's defensive strategy of terra is a terrible idea uh just just Beyond the fact that he let the most heavily fortified Forge world in the Imperium uh, fall to the traitors and then mouth off to Zagreus Kane about it. Oh, Zagreus Kane, you understand supply and demand, right? They're greater things than, you know, Mars right next door. But that's neither here nor there. So this is where uh, Horus is starting to really sink his teeth in, as it were. This is the start of what uh, a lot of people have uh, probably heard of called the Dark Compliance. It's almost a evil image uh, in reverse of the original Great Crusade. Horus is rolling back through after the two Istvan atrocities and retaking a lot of the planets that he helped to conquer in the first place. So at this point in time, uh, the Heresy itself is kicking off in earnest around uh, 006 M31. So year six M31. If Austin was on, I'm sure he'd be happy to break that down in excruciating detail. But for what you need to know, sixth year, 31st millennium. And this is, like I said, post Istvan 5, uh, eight legions are fully traitor and sided with Horus. And the Thousand Suns are kind of rapidly turning that way. Uh, because Magnus did everything wrong. Uh, the Imperial Fists are really still, as well as they did from uh, the space engagement at Fall, they're still really reeling for that. It took a lot out of them, uh, regardless of the fact that they managed to fight their way all the way into Perturabo's bedroom, and the only reason he survived was by locking himself in the bathroom and waiting for them to go away. But, uh, there are five loyal legions kind of 
scattered around uncounted for. You've got the white scars thrown way out there. The wolves are still trying to make their way back from Prospera. Uh, but like I was saying, even with all of these advantages that Horus has going for them, because the two Istvans were more or less traitor victories, um, it's really showing that he's going to have to put a lot of time and effort into this. And I think illustrated uh, really, really well. Um, most of us are big fans of Aaron Dimsky Bowden here on Remembered Search Retreat. But he does a really good job of illustrating this exact point of betrayer possibly the best novel ever written. So one of the things the world leaders uh, kind of talk about is that uh, chain swords and bolt guns are terrible weapons for fighting against other legionaries. Uh, they're not very damaging unless you hit like a seal in the armor or you hit a lens, something like that. And in these huge war engagements, it's really hard to do that. So most everything devolves into this uh, gritty, drawn-out, hand-to-hand fighting. And even when it does, unless you have a power weapon to kill another Marine, you really gotta put a lot of effort into it. And this same sentiment is kind of shown over the entire heresy, that it's not just gonna be a quick, you know, stab to the throat. It's gonna be a long, drawn-out and grind engagement. Now, um, in a sort of where are we, uh, the traitors between the fights on Paramar, Istvan, Fall, uh, you've got something around casualties approaching 100,000. Now, of course, you don't have exact numbers because, sure, Horace's uh, data as he's going is pretty fragmented, coming in from all over the place. But we've got around 900,000 of the legionaries at large in the service of Horace. And you've got maybe 600,000 still loyal. Now, again, very rough numbers. Um, but those don't account for what's going on at Calf or Cygnus Prime. Those are still up in the air. And again, this is sort of that dark compliance where Horus is rolling back through, reconquering planets on his way back towards Terra. And this is what kind of coins the entire term Age of Darkness. Uh, you have different cells that have already been planted long ahead of time by the word bearers, the Alpha Legion, um, agents in the Mechanicum like Regulus. Uh, he's sort of the Erebus of the Mechanicum. And um, a good point they make in here is those Legion numbers, uh, these are not the Legions at their height at the start of the heresy. Uh, they say a lot of people think of it as the Legions being at the height of their power and gradually getting round down the closest we get to the Siege of Terra, but that's not truth. Uh, many of the legions started turning to these really rapid induction processes. Uh, the world leaders had a god-awful attrition rate, but their induction processes were turned up to 11. Uh, they were losing dozens and dozens of legionaries for every single one they were bringing in. And uh, the Raven Guard are probably the most famous uh, loyalists, of course, uh, the Alpha Legion were there to, you know, uh, spritz some demon chocolate and the Raven Guard genetic peanut butter and all of the hilarity that <laughs> there. But um, the Legions are not at their greatest in size right when the heresy is kicking off. Uh, many of them jumped by the tens of thousands towards the middle of the heresy after they both, both sides had figured out, hey, we're going to need a lot of Astartes to complete the goals we're shooting towards. 
And uh, like I said, the world leaders were losing maybe a hundred Marines in the induction process for every one they were getting in, but they managed to cut the time down from the space Marine induction process from five to six years to almost two which is pretty impressive when you cut it down by 60% or more. And that's uh, nails and all, right? That is nails and all. That's kind of what they were up to on bot. Um, the Legionet Astartes there, were, uh, that's where the abductee in Gallant Serlac from. And uh, he was the primus apothecary for the World Eaters Legion. He had figured out how to really uh, ramp up the induction process, and not only that, but amplify the nails. Uh, to get them even more effective. But um, the very first uh, sort of incursion here in the Coronid Deeps is uh, what's known as the Conquest of Manashea. It's the first of almost like a uh, standardized template that Horus sets down for reseizing some of his planets. Um, and they're sort of the frontier border to both the Ultima Segmentum and Sub segmentum obscurus so it's a pretty wide range of territory uh, that the coronid deeps are kind of like the frontier to uh they're actually oh yeah go ahead no just just before we go like totally into the coronid deeps i mean i think part of the reason we read the black books is because they give us the the historical background for for all of these black library novels all this lore that's like you know you read it and it's a badass story but it's disconnected from you know the larger um i think universe and what's going on in timeline but but the black library or but the but the black books the forge world black book this one in particular um it's just it's it's so badass because it is the it it, it just consolidates everything it gives you the timeline and it sets up the um the sort of the war master's plan for the conquest of the coronet deeps, which is a huge subsector of space. And um, it's such a cool subsector of space, right? So like if you, if you were to go to book four and just look at page um, 11 and 12, no, it's right. The but um, yeah, the nine and 10, right? So nine and 10 just lays out this badass map this subsector of uh part imperialis foreignist foreign deeps and you all, i mean right off the bat you support maw right which is iconic in 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 the and uh we all know where port Ma. right port Ma becomes like the quintessential bastion of the imperial armada in the gothic sector during during the 41st millennium and but it's here right and so we see it and so we know where we're going and um, the, the way they explore the, you know, the traders infiltration and everything Jason was just talking about, it's just so man. It just, it's, it's so fucking good. It hurts. And, um, if you guys like Battlefleet Gothic, right. So if you are at all fans of, uh, of void warfare, you're going to just love where we're going with, um, the coordinate deeps and, uh, it's going to be, what, I don't know, Jason, what do you think? Two, three episodes, maybe four? I just think in three or four, honestly. Yeah, I think you could definitely do three or four. I mean, Black Library, or sorry, Black Library, the Black Books break it down into three or four different sections. And um, I think that's probably it. We'll, we'll stick to that. So if you guys are following along at home and you want to 
read up before we go down the rabbit hole. Um, what book four, which in my humble opinion is is the greatest black book that uh, Forge World produced. Thank you, Alan Bly. Um, I, I really do. There's just so much in book four, and uh, I think we're going page thirteen to the end of it, which is what page sixty nine. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially the majority yeah. of the book. Yeah, but majority of the narrative part of the book. And um, yeah, it's it's unique in the sense that it doesn't just talk about the Legionis Astartes and it focuses on really the 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 mortal aspect of of the heresy, right? So um, you know, it's not just Space Marines and Space Marines uh violence. And I, I, I do it for me it's more compelling because of that. And it and it's just got so much awesome void warfare. It's just so sexy. Um, but yeah, so it, it takes place right after the Istvan atrocity, um, the drop site massacre. So if you want to know where we are in the timeline, and Jason alluded to this, uh, it, it, I mean it literally is right after drop site massacre. Um, so the Coronet Deeps have been alerted uh, to the heresy, which most subsectors have not at this point. So it's, it's unique in that sense. Um, a lot of the, the, the planetary governorships and subsectors were never given, uh, you know, the intelligence that there was even a, a heresy. There was even a, you know, a betrayal by Horus and, and eight of the Legionis Astartes. They were never given right. that intel. Um, and so the, the, the planetary governorships of uh, the Coronet Deeps and Port Ma are unique in that they, they know something's going on, but they don't know exactly how it's coming and where it's from. So that's sort of where we are at the beginning, and, uh, and it gets, uh, gets dark and it gets brutal. It's fucking awesome. But um, yeah, man. Uh, you know, Jason, what do you think? Gonna, well, gonna... one of the things I found was pretty interesting that they made mention of uh, that the Coronet Deeps as a whole didn't receive intelligence on the heresy at from the Imperium at large because the Imperium had tried to tamp down on the fact that half of the Emperor's own had, you know, gone rogue, that they actually only really knew, like you mentioned, uh, that there was a heresy going on because of their proximity to the Istvan system. And they were starting to get uh, ships like rogue traders and uh, they actually start getting a few uh, almost refugee Astartes, like of the Shattered Legions coming back through. I right, think survivors, right? Like survivors yeah. of both Istvan Three and the Dropside Massacre. So, yeah, it's almost like the Imperium, the Imperium told them because they had to. They're like, oh, by the way. Well, I mean, like half the uh, Imperial fleet from the Dropside Massacre, like, tried to make emergency warps out of there as soon as they realized what the fuck was going on. So Right. Yeah. And I, I just I think I love that that background, right? That it just feels real, you know, and they don't stop, right? So they're just they're these fucked up Astarte ships that are pulling in for emergency refit and repair into uh, you know, uh Imperial planets. And uh they're like, yeah, so we we're not going to talk to you guys, but we're going to need you to fix our shit. We're going to keep going. 
and uh, what the psychological impact that must be on a, a planetary scale, you know, like on a, on a system scale. Um, it just, I, I just, uh, it's so good. Well, one of the things we'll probably talk about uh, first thing next time is the very first uh, of those refugee survivorships to come in uh, is an emperor's children vessel called the Malangon, uh, which is a little bitty uh, Gladius class frigate, but uh, it actually sets off big chain of events in what's known as the Cyclops cluster. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the only other thing I wanted to talk about for this first episode, which is really just to set everything up, right? So it's to let our listeners know that, hey guys, we're back, right? We took a big break, almost a month, right? So yeah, I mean, two weeks pre-Nova and this is like, what, one week after Nova? So yeah, so we, we, we took a break, we took a vacation, but we we're 100% back and the intent is to go hard, um, put an episode or at least a mini-sode out every week, um, you know, 30 to 40 minutes, and we're going to get after the coordinate deeps. And if you guys want to follow along, it's where we are. Um, but yeah, so I think the first, this first episode is just to set the whole thing up um, and let you guys be able to get a head start, follow along from home on what I, I mean, I think the coordinate deeps is just so fucking good. Right. And, and we're going to, I think we're going to have Austin and Steven on at some point talk about the connections to, um, you know, Battlefleet Gothic, Battlefleet Heresy, because obviously Alan Bly and Andy Hoare and Nigel and the guys that wrote this were huge fans of the lore and huge fans of um, Battlefleet Gothic and Void Warfare. Because, uh, spoiler alert, right? The Coronid Deeps is the gothic sector in 40k bum 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 bum, bum. Yeah. shock <laughs> oh my god so yeah but guys it, like strap in it's going to be a wild ride it's going to be awesome we've got mortals we've got knights lots of knights we've got mechanicum we've got dark mechanicum we got titans we got titans Fuck, we always have titans right but <laughs> i feel like this is heavy titan but you know that's just me yeah if there's not a titan legio involved we will find that's right that's right well we will Shit, make i'll one make up. one up and i'll just <laughs> write it into one of somebody's black book you know absolutely but uh i think my favorite thing about this the reason i'm really excited like you mentioned it's in the main this is mortals and mechanicum so right back after uh, representing the mortal armies hard at nova I'm uh, I'm really ready to get into this. Yeah, I'm so ready. Um, it's going to be awesome, guys. So strap in, get out your black book, and uh, we will be going into Jason. What do you think we're going to cover next episode? We're going to get we're going into Manakia. I want to look at Manakia and the scouring of the Cyclops cluster. Perfect. Yep. And for those people who want to read ahead and keep up with us, Manakia I think starts around. Uh, page 18, right? I think that's about right. I think it's uh, 22, but yeah, you want to read the whole you want to read the first part. You want to read the war, the scouring. Yeah, I mean, I know they mention yeah. it on page 19, or at least that's what I have in my notes. So. Yeah, you want to you start at the beginning and get yeah. there. And get there and fucking write into us, guys. If there's something you guys want to hear, 
uh, about our opinions on because we are, you know, um, not opinionated. We are really good at giving opinions. Um, yeah, you guys, uh, you know, want us to go deep dive on something, or if you if you've got an Easter egg that you found uh, somewhere in this lore, let us know, and we'll uh, dig it out for you. Um, but um, yeah, that's all I got, Jason and Pat. Yeah, great squad. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening in. Um, again, it, like Dave said, if you want their opinions on stuff or, you know, if there's something you really want us to cover, or really want us to focus on, uh, feel free to shoot a Facebook message out to uh, the Facebook page or even comment on the episode when this goes live. Um, but thank you all for listening. Cheers. Hey, folks, this is Jesse. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Remembrancers Retreat and our Facebook event page, Remembrancers Retreat Events. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Remembrancers Retreat. And we are now also on Stitcher. So be sure to download the app and follow us there. Leave your comments, ratings, anything you want to know. We want to hear from you guys. So thanks again. And until next time, catch you later.